0: We've taken physical guardrails, looked at them as a a way to kind of notch our memory, to think about aspects of our lives. And we've said that, you know, it's interesting that guardrails are oftentimes put in a place in the road that if they weren't there, we could have got a little closer to the ledge. But... but, uh, uh, it, we could have got a little closer to the, to the edge, but, but the guardrail is there to give us a little margin of safety. And, and, and I've been encouraging us to come up with guardrails in different aspects of our lives. And I realize it's 20 minutes to 12, and I may not t- make it a 12, but can you give me maybe 10 extra? Okay. I think this is so important. i just gotta, just got to get most of this out. A guardrail becomes a standard. And, and when we put our own uh, spiritual definition to it, it becomes a standard of behavior. That's a behavioral that you choose. A standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. And we can all come up with that standard. And it can be slightly different for you, for me. Now, for me, I, I may talk about this later, but but, I cannot go into blockbuster video. There is too much visual stuff there. You know what I'm talking about? Too much stuff. And I don't want to pollute Amen. my mind with that stuff. So I say, I'm not going into Blockbuster you know and 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 so I've said it and that's personal now blockbusters going into blockbusters will not keep you out of out of heaven but it's a standard that I have set up for me it's it's a standard that where I'm still in kind of the safe zone but but I say I don't want to go beyond in where I could go off the end of the ledge. Are you with me? With me so far? Okay. Now, last week we talked, and I'm going to try to abbreviate and talk a little bit fast. But uh, uh, I want to abbreviate it just a little bit. But last week we started to talk about personal uh, guardrails that we might have, and we—this is actually the third one. We talked last week about our friendships, and last week the kind of a summary scripture was Proverbs chapter 14, 12 and 13. There's a way of life that looks harmless enough. Look again, it leads straight to hell. Sure, those people appear to be having a good time, but all that laughter will end in heartbreak. And 2 Timothy 3, chapter 1 to 5. I tell you, if this doesn't summarize it, don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. And remember, we talked about it in this day and age, especially. Uh, there's difficult times ahead. At the end uh, as the end approaches, people are going to be self absorbed, peop- uh, money hungry, self promoting, stuck up, profane, contemptuous, appearance. Stopping there a little while just for emphasis. Uh, crude, coarse, doggy dog, unbending, slanderous, impulsively wild, savage, uh, cynical, treacherous, ruthless, beloaded, windbags, addicted to lust and allergic to God, they'll make a show of religion, but behind the scene, they're animals. Now, notice the next four words. It doesn't say, go and try to counsel with him. It doesn't go over and say, oh, you'll be okay. God has said, once in a while, in certain cases, we need to stay clear. Back up. Stay clear. And the scripture that I didn't give last week, 2 Timothy 4, I don't think, chapter 14. Watch out for Alexander the coppersmith. You remember that verse? Fiercely opposed to our message, he caused no end of trouble. God will give him what he's got coming. So let him go. Once in a while we have to let him go. There are lines out there, guardrails, that if I cross them, church, if I cross them, there will be consequence, there will be penalty, and it will hurt the people I love most. And that guardrail would be a, 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 a behavior, a, a pattern, a thing that comes up in my spirit that's going to say, I'm never going to do this because I don't want to do that. I'm not going to go to Blockbusters because I don't want to rent one of those movies. So I'm not even going to go into the store. You with me so far? Okay. I'm, not, I'm never going to do this in order to keep me from doing that. And they begin to be little flags that go off in your, in your spirit, in your conscience. And, so, and remember, we talked about the Holy Spirit that would, would come up and say, <coughs> What? you think you're going to do? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. That's the Holy Spirit. We'll talk more about the Holy Spirit and us in just a minute. But um, as we begin thinking about the temptations in our lives, we always want to live on the ledge. Whether it be in our financial, our morals, friendships, thought life, internet, but the wise person says you know i'm not going to live on the edge of disaster i'm going to stop back of that in the safe zone because i don't want to go there and we have a culture that wants to put us out there and 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 in in one particular area there could be a, a, a way of reduction in poverty. There could be amazing change in our inner city and we could begin to reduce the number of people in prison. We could have families where the mother and the father could visit with the kids on the same weekend. If we would begin to look at the area of our physical and sexual intimacy. Our desire for sexual inner, inner city, in, uh, intimacy. And when we think of this area, this has to be strong. This has to be extra special strong when we think of that, the whole sexual thing. Because in this, the sexual area, I, I want to g- cover a few bases before I give you some uh, possible guardrails. But in, in this particular area, it's impossible to fully recover from problems. When we've gone off the cliff in a sexual way, we never quite recover. In the financial disasters, we can, we can have finances, and we can go off the cliff. We can spend money like crazy, and we kind of get our head back, and, and we can kind of get, get ourselves organized, and we could cut up a few credit cards, and we can say, I don't need that, I don't need that, I don't need that. And we can start to listen to Dave Ramsey and say, I need to put this... Uh, this uh, financial safety net out there I need to put into savings 15% and give to the church 10%. And, and then we can, we can talk about this disaster to our kids. And we can say, man, you know, when I was a kid, man, when I was 20 years old, I just spent money like crazy. But you're not going to do that. So we can, we can get over these financial situations pretty, pretty uh, easily and, and find uh, uh, educational disasters, we can flunk out of school, and we can not do our homework, and, and we can go back and get our GED, and we can, we can kind of get our life together, and, and, and we, can, we can say, you know, I'll work extra hard, and then we can talk about it to our kids. And, 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 but, but when we talk about this sexual area, when we talk about this area, and when we begin to talk about the stories, we don't laugh as much. Because even though our culture is finally coming around to it, we know intuitively, and we know what every single adult knows, but doesn't want to talk about it. You see, sex is is not just physical. It's not just a trip to the gym. It's way more than that. It's way deeper. When certain people cross that line, that desire for physical intimacy, when a person crosses lines regarding their, their sexuality, there are things that they will carry with them for their life. Because sex isn't just purely physical. It goes way beyond that. And can I insert a little sidebar here? And, and I don't want to sound uh, political. Political. But I think the poster child picture of the sexual morality in, in today's culture now and, and taking another step is the woman that I like to call Sandra Fluke. But I think her name is Sandra Fluck. And uh, this, this, is, this is big church. Please help, help me stay with me long enough to, to see the big picture of what happened with, with this issue with this woman today. Now, we have to understand this is a single gal. Say single. Single. And she is bragging on national TV of her sexual activity and her desire for her rights. She needs $9, they tell me. I don't buy it. For birth control pills, for her recreational activity, and she doesn't think she should pay for it. Now, this is way beyond the money thing here, church. I hope you understand what I'm I'm getting at here. We we have, are shifting the normality of the culture. And now, this lady, woman, she can brag about that on national TV, that this single woman can have it. And she expects, expects the Catholic Church, and I think... Uh, Notre Dame wasn't that where she was going to school as I remember Doc a judge. Uh, she expects Notre Dame, she expects the Catholic Church, she expects hobby lobby that is now in suit on this. She would expect word of life church if we had a daycare and we're big enough to pay for this. and and the sense in the nation is, isn't she brave? Help me with this, gang. And where are our congressmen? Where are our senators? When when we can look at this, but but the the bigger thing than the nine dollars, and even the bigger thing than forcing people to pay for that, for and again, important thing is is single, paying birth control for single women. That's that's another, and it's just. On and on we go. But we begin to see the moral decay of America right before our eyes. And it's not happening in decades. It's happening in months. It's just like a snowball going down the hill. And, and i got to get off my high horse there. But, but it's, I, I worry about the culture and and i worry about our youth our church and and what is being presented as normal what is being presented as normal we need to have guardrails guardrails that will help us with the memories with the guilt the ghosts it goes on and on and on you see s- sex is not just Physical, it's way beyond that. Every desire you have requires guarding. Because every desire, every appetite, when fed, only wants more. Are you with me there? You start pulling away and stop feeding some of these things. In our lives, it, it will, end, and I put in my notes, starve it and it dies. Now, I'm not sure if that's really true. And I, I put a little parenthesis for me. Starve it and it almost dies. Because it, it can come creeping back. It can keep creeping back. I, I want to be pretty specific today, and I'm going to mention some guardrails. And I know some of you are going to say, but that pastor preacher, he's pretty old, and he doesn't know 2012. And we're cool now. We're cool now. Well, such as it is. You're going to get it either way. Okay? Uh, Let's see what the Bible says about this. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Flee, there it is, flee from sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians six eighteen. Flee from sexual immorality. Now, flee, flee. It doesn't say, be careful. It doesn't say, watch out. It doesn't say, get as close to the line as you can. No, 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 no. It says, Flee, flee, flee. We've, I've entitled this, and it was on a board, Flee Baby, Flee Baby, Flee. There, there should be nothing clearer, church, than the Bible admonition to us about sexual uh, life. It is in the book. Now, if we're just going to say, oh, it doesn't matter what 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 says, then, then you'll live, I'm afraid, with the consequences. But it says, flee, baby, flee. Now, I know some of you are going to say, well, this is what I expect pastors to say, you know, this whole thing. But, but, you know, when it comes to the culture today, the standard isn't flee, baby, flee. It's flirt, baby, flirt. Can you say amen? Everywhere. Now, they would say, the culture, well, I'm not even exactly sure what sexual immorality is. Am I getting too close? Am I hot? Am I cold? My conscience isn't telling me anything. You see, as we talked about last week, our culture wants to bait us bait us, like we do when we are fishing, Bob, with the worms or whatever. It baits us to the edge of disaster and then mocks us when we step over the line. Colonel Petraeus. And, and we see this everywhere. Everyone agrees that a, a certain age little girl shouldn't get pregnant. Or the sexually, uh, sexually transmitted diseases are a problem. But sometimes we look at the clothes in the mall and we say, my grandma would not approve. Could you just to let me know that you're still out there? Yeah, right. Okay, thank you very much. I'll try to keep going. You know, we see this and we say, holy cow. You know, but it's it's baiting, baiting, baiting. And and again, you may say I'm just old, but it's interesting. The N-word today is hot. That's hot. Or the girl is hot. Now, it's not the girl is pretty, it's not the girl is nice, it's not the girl is beautiful no it's it's the girl is hot and to me maybe i'm naive but it almost appears that it's it's intended to have sexual connotations am i right or hot now and and you know maybe something else could be hot you know and maybe i'm i'm partially out to lunch here but i i don't think so hot hot and it's it's carefully planned and it's it's uh, as we used to say, it's a conspiracy almost to numb us down with with these words, and then we can just kind of it can become normal. Oh, I got to be in with the normal kids. But we have to understand that somewhere out here, across the guardrail, there's inappropriate male sexual ab- activity as it relates to the internet and to porn and all that stuff. I mean, somewhere out there, it's gross. It's, that's too much. I can't, get it, I can't believe someone got involved that. And that. But, but still, every time we go into the mall, it's baiting us in that general direction. You know, we were driving back from Grand Rapids yesterday. And you can't hardly go to the magazine rack to to try to find popular mechanics. Because there's so much in that magazine rack. You understand? You can't look. (laughs) Gloria, can you find popular mechanics? You know, but that's the culture you understand. That's the culture. They are wanting to pull you in. And and then they'll just kind of throw you off the line if you finally fall in. And it seems like the culture, again, they beat us. They try to entertain us. The television shows are always showing these love scenes. When was the last time we saw a love scene with a married couple we 'd say Ooh. you know where have we where is mom and dad cleaver you know uh, just mom and dad having a hug you know no we don 't see that anymore and, and it 's not cool if it 's just regular normal sexual activity with with a husband and wife in the family and it's it 's very fascinating so when we, we see what's happening in the culture, we know what we need. You know what we need. And the culture is not going to change. We can try to boycott. And once in a while, we can go there. But, but that's not the point that's really going to work. We have to set up guardrails for ourselves. And for me, I want to set up the guardrail about five yards back from the ledge. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Let me move ahead quickly. Look again uh, at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I want to go to verse 19 for a minute. Do you know? Do you know? It's almost like Paul is saying, I'm assuming you don't know. And and I, and I think you, you guys probably know, but but he's almost saying, don't you know, guys? And and he's that this whole section in verse nineteen, I haven't talked to the about the the other part of it. You'll have to read that for yourself. Back at fifteen, when he talks about uh, uniting with a prostitute, and he, he gets a little bit specific, and then he comes to say, don't you know, church guys? that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. And when you get up in the morning, you say, that's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the temple just grew two pounds. But but we have to understand, church, this is again, you're going to throw the book out? You're going to pick and choose what part of the book you want? I say, not good, not good, not good. Your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have received from God. And I'm going to just keep moving here. You are not your own. You don't belong to you. You are not your own. You see, you were bought with a price. Don't ever forget it. And he purchased you. You don't have to do what your desires tell you to do. You don't have to do what your appetites tell you to do. You are the master of your body because your body is now under the authority of the of another master. We can move in God. We can move in God. You are not your own. And when we begin to look at ourselves and we say, this is the temple. We can honor God with our body. If this is dishonoring to God, don't do it. If it's dishonoring to God, don't take your body there. If it's dishonoring to God, don't look at it. If it's dishonoring to God, don't think about it. I say every morning, God, my body belongs to you. It's your temple. I want to live this life and I want to live this day by day in such a way that it honors you. And if this is going to be the case, and you're going to honor God this way, you must flee. You must flee. You must flee, flee, flee. You must not flirt, flirt, flirt. And when it even gets close to the rail, your signal should just kind of come zipping out there. Sometimes we say, well, well sounds pretty extreme you know i'm cool but and sometimes we can say we can move along a little bit we can do this and it really won't matter but sometimes you can you can say i'll it won't matter if i do this won't matter if it does that god will forgive But then, sometimes, if we can kind of spin our hard drive ahead two or three years and see ourselves in some kind of disaster, and we begin to say, oh, man, I hope there's no pregnancy. I hope my wife never finds out. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. And then you start to say, oh, God, if you watch over me, I will go to church. I will go to church every week. I will go to church on 1030. I'll go to Sunday school with, with whatever class you tell me to go. I will be good. I will tithe. I will double tithe. Uh, have you ever heard that? But God is saying, and Glory reminded me of the, the old thing we said, used to say, you sow your wild oats and then you pray for a crop failure. They like that. But when that happens, when when you say, well, it doesn't really matter what Pastor Gary says, you know, and I'm going to live my life because my friends are doing it. They're having the parties. They're doing this. A little bit of drugs here. This little little bit here. When, when, When we fall off the cliff and you're going to start praying to God and you're going to say, God, help me. God, help me. Then God may whisper back to you, hey, you remember back November 2012 when that Pastor Gary was up there and he told you you should set up these guardrails? And if you did set up the guardrails, they may seem a little bit tough, but even though you thought it was passe and you said, well, I didn't have time to listen to Pastor Gary then because I was worried about the Steeler ball game. You know, I really wasn't thinking about the sermon. And I had my mind going different places. You know, but the point is, God is going to say, you had your chance. You had your chance. And we can set up these guardrails and keep from going over the big time cliff. Or we can say, God, I'll do it. In the safety zone, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Now, let me, let me just move ahead, and, and you've been patient, and, and I'm going to try to do this quick and not talk too much about the guardrails that I'm going to throw at you. But I'm going to make two little quick lists. And, and this list was assembled not just by me, but uh, Andy Stanley, and some of the material that I'm, I'm, I'm getting for you these couple of weeks have been some of what he preached and he gave it to his congregation, some of these same guardrails. And this guardrails, they weren't just for people all 95 and above. They were single people, a lot of them. Let me give you a couple quick guardrails. Guardrail number one, these are married guardrails now for people that are married. Let me encourage you to set up a guardrail that says, don't travel alone with members of the opposite sex. especially one member of the opposite sex. Uh, don't do it. Just don't travel. Don't, don't get in your car. Don't fly. Don't go any place with a member of the opposite sex. Guardrail number two, and I, I, I know it's, it's, it's getting down to time here. Guardrail number two, don't eat alone with members of the opposite sex. Every affair, says Andy Stanley, except one that he can remember. Every affair that he ever saw or was involved with began with people having coffee. We had a meal. Hey, you want to go out to dinner? Hey, let's go have it. That, that, and then that became lunch. And that became a dinner. And that became another dinner. And maybe we can work late. Okay. Sounds extreme, but it's a good guardrail. It puts you in the safety zone. Let me move it quick uh, to number three. And those of you that are, are in a position where you may hire people or choose people to be on your team, Andy Stanley says, number three guardrail, don't hire cute members of the opposite sex because you want to help them. Everybody can get help someplace and sometimes it's better not for you to do it. Don't deceive you. Don't deceive you. Don't hire cute people because they need your help. Get them help. And story after story, the tearful women, the tearful men saying, I told her I wasn't comfortable with it. I asked him not to and complained. Quickly, I need to move ahead to number four, guardrail number four for married people. Don't confide or counsel members of the opposite sex. Just don't. It gets very sticky here. Uh, Everybody wants to, you know, I need help. No one ever listened to me like you have. Really? Really? No one understood me like you understand me. And it almost sounds like a bad movie plot. And you know where it's going. You know where it's going. Uh, and it doesn't sound comp- uh, very compassionate. But I encourage, don't try this counseling thing. Do not confide and do not counsel with. Do not Confide. Do not counsel with people, and it can be a rap song. She's the only one that will listen. Our emotional world can get tied up with our our actions, and it can be very sticky. Let me move on. Single people. Now here's where you're gonna, single guys, you're gonna, and gals, you're gonna say, Pastor Gary, you just don't know. How old are you again? These are good. If I do say so myself. Now, first of these, some of these are, are, are principles that are applied same as with marriage. Don't eat alone with married members of the opposite sex. Don't confide or counsel members of the opposite sex, especially alone. Don't travel alone with married members of the opposite sex. Treat that married person like you're going to want to treat your spouse once you're married. Thank you for being patient. Quickly, a few more. When you think there is a reason to stay overnight... Dating couples can figure out a lot of reasons why if they're going to go someplace the next day and it's late. When you think there's a reason to stay overnight, when we get older, we don't have sleepovers. (laughs) Quickly, I move on. And I know I'm getting a little bit nitpicky here. When your heart says... Why I am alone with you, or why am I alone with you in this place? Why am I alone with you in this place? Next one. When you hear the words, if you really love me, you would. Big time flag here, folks. If you really love me, you would. When another couple or individual suggests behavior you would not be comfortable with. When you start to think, I'll regret this tomorrow. When your partner asks for money. And this one I like. When you hear your partner, and I don't like that word, but I'll, I'll use it in this case. When you hear your partner say, your mama is old-fashioned. <laughs> Red flag. When your partner pushes for behavior you're uncomfortable with. When you feel pressure to do something just to maintain the relationship. If I don't do that, he'll leave me. And then nobody else will want me. It's a lie from Satan, folks. It's a lie. Or if you hear the words, we're engaged, so it's okay. Or if you hear the words, let's live together to see if we're compatible. Or let's live together and save money. If you're tempted to look at, read about, listen to, or watch things that you would be ashamed of for others to find out about. Or you would be ashamed to tell your future spouse about. Red flag. And the last one, I know I'm throwing to several things here. When you consider dressing in ways that invite unwanted attention. As as a pastor, let me just say that, you know, I, I don't like to, as we used to say, Clothesline preach. I, I sometimes prefer to just preach about the love of God. God is love. God is love. God is love. And he is that. But church, as a pastor, I've seen too many people of all ages fall off the cliff. And maybe we haven't as a church or as parents sometimes, but it ends up to be an individual matter, you see. Individuals, we have to set up that guardrail to say, I'll not go there because the consequences are way more than I want to deal with. And as a pastor and I see kids mess up their lives big time. Big time. Oh. And, and I want to, to go to the grave knowing it's not because they haven't heard. They need to hear it. And I need to say it. And again, some may say, well, you know, it's pretty, pretty conservative. You know, and this is 2012. But don't be fooled by the culture. Don't be fooled by the culture. Nick, if you'd come to the keyboard, I'm going to wrap up in just a couple of minutes. You have to remember, church, that that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit in a way He has mysteriously put Himself in us. And we live our lives to honor Him. And and let me just mention one more thing. We talked about sex, and we've talked about it a little bit this morning. Sex is a fire. And if it's a fire, God brought the match. Because he set it up. You understand? He set the whole thing up, and all he is saying is, guys... You can have the best relationship in the world, sexual in every way. Just follow the book. Amen. Just follow the book, church. And and don't get so into stuff and stuff and say, well, you know, God will forgive and he will. But, but and I know sometimes... Things have to be worked out slightly, and some of your work settings are, are tough, and 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 they can be hard. But but I'd encourage you in, in these areas to begin to to say, God, where do you want me, Gary Hallberg, to set up the guardrail? To me, don't even walk into Buster. There's too many bad covers. Not, we're not even talking about buying them or renting them. There's too many bad covers. I can't do it. Now, now, walking into Blockbusters is not going to put me in hell. But for me, it's the guardrail church. It's the guardrail that, that I know that, you know, maybe if nobody's looking, I'd buy it or I'd rent it. So I'm not going to go there. I, 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 I want to honor God with, with my body, because the Holy Spirit's in me. Bow your heads, if you would, with me, please. And, and I apologize that this service has gone long. I just needed to...